Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of, of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, your, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james, netsuite.com slash james netsuite.com slash james this isn't your average business podcast and he's not your average host this is the james altucher show everyone welcome back to the companion podcast for the james altucher show as usual, James is not going to be here because he's way too busy and way too important to be on a companion podcast, right, Nathan? <laughs> if you've been listening to the episode, you know he's probably playing chess. <laughs> oh, right. I, I can actually see if he's playing chess or not because I, I edit him on Lee Chess. So every time when he's not coming on the podcast, I'm like, I'm going to go to the website and see if he's playing chess or if he's like winning or losing. That's hilarious. I think he learned now that he knows I'm spectating him. So I think he's playing on the new account now. So the company podcast, we do this every month. And then we usually talk about the episode during that month. We had some really interesting episodes in the last month and a half. And I have found a lot of really rewarding things from listening to them. The episode that came out after our first companion podcast was a James and Jay special, episode 691, titled, You Should Run for President 2.0. At first, I was a little skeptical because... I didn't really know what was going to happen. It seemed there's a little bit of cheeky stuff in there. Wait, wait. So, so just curious, like a little bit of cheeky stuff, like after you listen to the podcast or when you look at the title when I said When it I you? looked at it, it seemed like I didn't know what I was getting into. It, it seemed like it might, it might be too far-fetched to believe. Okay. But it also, it was also pretty catchy. Oh, thank you. Leading up to the 2020 presidential election, he had a lot of flack from his neighbors, people who were talking to because he said he wasn't going to vote. And they, people were saying, well, you shouldn't have a voice. You know, you need to vote. If you're not voting, then you don't deserve to have a voice. And James correctly said, there are 
obvious circumstances where that's not true, such as being a social commentator, reaching out to an audience in a way where you know he's not pitching it to one side, or just as independent saying, what if I was running for president? Then wouldn't my voice be valid whether or not I was voting for somebody? So he did, filed with the FEC to be a U.S. presidential candidate, and he brought back up his negative sales tax platform, and he discussed it further with Philip Stutz in episode 695, and it's actually a really solid anchor. It was kind of buried in there. Does this concept or idea ever cross your mind, like anyone can run for president in U.S.? Well, anyone who's a naturalized U.S. citizen above the age of 35. Yeah. I mean, I knew that much, but it seemed kind of a foolhardy thing because of how the two-party system is to private organizations. Their sole purpose is to stay in power. Before the podcast, like I didn't know there are more than 1,000 presidential candidates in 2020, to be honest. And I didn't even know you can run for president. Like I didn't know like you can sign up for president. Until James did that. Yeah, I remember he did that all on his own. Like one day I just got on and then he's like, Jay, I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm like, uh, oh, sure. What? Am I being fired? He's like, no. <laughs> he's like, no. He's like, I'm actually running for president. I'm like, what? And then we actually sat down. I got on Zoom before I do another podcast. And he's like, yeah, I'm doing all this thing. And now I'm doing this, 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 this. Okay, cool. I didn't know you could do that. I thought it's only, what? Red and blue? I thought it's only red and blue and Kanye. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. James always wanted to be the translator to people, right? So like the reason why he doesn't want to vote because you know he wants to stay as, as neutral as possible. Even in I think the episode with Phil said, Phil said he mentioned that back then, like if you're a journalist, you can't even vote. But I'm sure like right now, like even the past elections, all the journalists vote. But back to the episode, you should run for president. That that's an interesting one because like James always turned anything like from what he learned into an experiment. So part of the reason why he wanted to run for president is because he wanted to learn the process. And it can be a good story. Just like, remember that he wrote an article of buying uh, Greenland? Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly the same experiment. So he just wanted to learn as many things as possible. So he, he remained as curious as possible. And then the episode 695 with Philsa, that's way interesting. I think that that's like the sequel to the, the episode 691. Because mm-hmm. like few stuff actually break down like the, the political campaign and they talk about the possible platform people should run on in general. Like you said, the negative sales tax, that's actually really smart. I agree. The negative sales tax idea, James has mentioned that over the past year, made a lot of sense when he was talking about the economic straits that New York City was going through during the pandemic. It taps into the public's need for local economies to remain strong. When's the last time you go to Amazon and buy things? Yesterday. <laughs> Me too. The thing is, Amazon is so easy. You just one click and it's done. Like, how can you beat Amazon? The only thing you can do is like the… Financial incentive. Yeah, financial incentive, yeah. the negative sales tax. Which I think, I think, I think NVN should run on, to be honest. So that's a good idea. And then what Philip Stutz added on to mm-hmm. was, instead of having this money be essentially a treasury bond, a 10-year T-bond… The idea of having a a federal cryptocurrency. Right. I don't know if either of those two things would work, but combining the two together, you might have a chance to get one of them done. Yeah. And also, like, I always think that, like, every time you propose something new, like, idea like this, you might propose something that's very fundamental, very bad one, right? So maybe, maybe we were like, oh, it might not work or whatever. And then when you throw it out there, 
people find loopholes, people find creative things to use it on. It's just like the NFTs. People are like, oh, this thing, it's a smart contract or whatever. It's they put it out there, and all of a sudden, thousands of thousands of people are using it in a creative way. And the funniest thing, I don't know if you heard this, the funniest thing that one audio engineer from Brooklyn find NFT so dumb. So what happened is he was selling his fart noise oh, on nice. NFT for $86. I don't know oh. if you said that. It's it's I funny. <laughs> it's funny because I, 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 everyone's like, so, you know, so hype about NFT and this guy's like, this thing is dumb. So what happened is during lockdown, everyone has nothing else to do. So he just recorded his fart noise, you know, for a whole year and then he was selling it for $86. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> buying it, but I think that's really smart. It's an interesting very, very experiment. Smart. It's a very interesting experiment. It could end up be like the Banksy of NFTs. Yeah. So like, you know, like once, you know, James proposed the, the, the negative sales tax out there, and then people might pick it up and then they might turn it into something even more usable. That's right. It just seemed like, you know, how Andrew Yang got prominent on a federal scale talking about freedom dividend. His ideas did get cemented into the American brain because what happened right after he dropped out of the race? You had this pandemic and right. people needed money. And there's been three rounds of stimulus money, child tax credit expansion that's trying to get, you know, extended through a budgetary process. So you see that kind of idea of direct payments happening less than a year after he talked about it on a national stage when it hadn't been really discussed in a number of decades. For Andrew himself, he's now running for mayor of New York, where where something like a negative sales tax or some kind of municipal stimulus for, for people could be implemented on a scale that could be then adopted on a, on a wider scale. So it's, it's much easier to implement a sales tax when you're running a municipality that collects sales tax like New York does, as opposed right. to on a federal level. There's no currently no federal sales tax. Um, uh, but right. there is a federal sales tax, like in Europe, you know, the, you have a VAT tax. So, yeah. so what James was, was talking about could would basically be a, a negative value-added tax that could be redeemable for a crypto 10-year T-bond. Um, and then right. reverse over here, what Andrew's talking about is, you know, he could actually have that policy implemented uh, winning mayor of New York on a local scale, which could be adopted later on a national policy. Like you saw with with the socialized medicine under Mitt Romney in Massachusetts. Yeah, and that's what James always talk about, right? Even in in Choose Yourself, right? Like, so like, you don't necessarily have to have like big ideas, big ambitions to do big things, right? You just start small. Like, if you have an idea for an app rather than automating it, just do it manually and see how, how you get feedback. And then people give you feedback, people give you better ideas, and then you build upon it. You know, mm-hmm. speaking of pandemic, what do you think about the episode 692 with Peter Openshaw again? That's that I think the episode almost marked the one year of the pandemic, right? One year of mm-hmm. the pandemic and the lockdown. What do you think about the episode? It was great to hear from the man who is not afraid to say, I don't know, and let's use the best information as it arrives. After the episodes like the 692, I actually felt more comfortable. Like, like, like even though he has a lot of, oh, I, we still don't know about this. We still don't know about this. But it felt a lot more safer. You know what I mean? I felt a lot more safer and more comfortable like doing what I wanted to do. Like going out and, you know, whatever. 
because like he actually he he present data in a sense that like he comparing now and then you know like mm-hmm. then we really have no idea about anything and then we just heard about people on Twitter saying this that this that right now he gave a lot more you know like even though the I don't know is on the vaccine like he mm-hmm. he didn't know what's the if the effects of the vaccine is going to be but still like you know like but at least we we know that vaccine actually helps you know we yes, might not know what's the effects in longer terms but we know what's the effects in the short terms so i think i think that episodes make me like feel like okay we actually did something in that year's time we weren't just sit around and not helping the society or we just sit around and wait for the doom to happen and then that sort of <laughs> segue into episode 693 which i kind of like because like that whole year during the lockdown i felt like what i did they just sit around and look at my phone and wait for emails to come in <laughs> i don't know if you do the same thing that's why i did i just look at the email like okay am i getting work am i getting a lot of work am i not getting work and then when i'm working i still have my phones on my table and then all of a sudden it rings i'm like oh god damn it who need who wants something from me again you know what i mean yes i know exactly what you mean yeah because like if you're in the office that wouldn't happen no but you didn't say what number 693 was which was a world without email with cal newport yes thank you nathan i was just so excited <laughs> about about that because like that i can relate to that episode very very much it's because i literally was let's say i'm editing Uh, an episode on the podcast and all of a sudden I got an email from someone say hey can you check this 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 all of a sudden you know you, you sort of your flow just got broken you yes. know and you're like you have to worry about that and then you're like I really want to finish this I don't know if I should reply you know all of a sudden half an hour gone by just deciding between continue to work or, or reply that email I think was it Stephen Cutler that say that you know once your flow get cut off it takes another 20 minutes to get back your flow was it steven cutler that's right because he's the flow guy that episode impacted me immediately because i was noticing how much i would get knocked out of my flow i deal with a lot of email day in and day out i checked in with the team i work with at harper collins later that day thinking about the amount of emails that we receive currently i have a small group on my post production team and we we get cc'd on a lot of emails to kind of be able to have each other's backs when we're right. to make sure nothing falls through the cracks when you have a small team handling a large amount but i often just check email because i'll look in my inbox and there'll be 20 emails and only two of them will be addressed to me 18 right. of them are just kind of peripheral and i don't ever need to see and it was just like wow there is really a lot of distraction coming in that that pulls me out of my process when you're trying to actually work on something as opposed to just manage things. Yeah, even that that 18 emails that doesn't really address you, you sort of you sort of feel bad because like let's say if if the email is about someone's project, you know, getting ruined and you're like, "Oh, god damn it, why is why this guy's doing it?" And then you're sort of got that negative feeling and then you're just like, "No, nah, I can't get back to the flow anymore." I started out blocking more time and just turning off Outlook and focusing saying, "I'm going to do this." this block of time here's the most important things you know you're talking about eating the frog just taking care of the worst things first and blocking out the time so it's done with it 
and then just ha- having a segmented scheduled day where you're dedicating times to things. You can dedicate time later in the day or, d- or during a time to check email and make sure that nothing crazy has happened. You know, you can have a check email time. A lot of us live in this rapid response world where our emotion, our anxiety is telling us that we have to respond. Um, we have to find an answer to the thing that just hit our inbox, the thing that's at the top of the inbox. And that's n- it's not really true in uh, in most of the cases. It's just taking us away from achieving the task that we were already working on. Yeah. So which do you find better? Do you find, do you, do you have like two inbox checking calendar slot or do you only have one each day? What I'm currently doing is structuring some blocks of time to work on specific projects I need to get done. And I do right. that a lot in order of what I need to focus on the most or what I want to get off my mind. And then yeah. I'll block off some unstructured time where it's just nobody put a meeting on my calendar. And that time is my figure out what I need to do with that block of time time. And yeah. hopefully it can get more structured as I'm able to implement a flow. But things change from week to week, so... It's good to have that malleability. Yeah, especially in our line of work, right? Like we, we never know like when the project is going to come in and we never know what's when's the deadline. You That's know, right. sometimes we just afraid of, you know, like missing deadline, but I felt like, you know, like uh, that 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 I felt like that's just bad for 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 mentally health anyway. Indeed. Yeah, it's funny because like the episodes uh I got like personal feedback from a friend of mine. I think he's a friend of yours too. Uh David Weiss from Sonic Scoop. Yeah, of course I know David. Yeah, so David texted me like, say, hey, Jay, you know, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, I want to tell you how terrific the episodes was. And then he said that, yeah, the big aha moment for him is he had to turn all the notification off on his phone, except text messages, to avoid the contact switching. Uh, shout out to David. Uh, he's a great yeah. person. All his years at Mix Magazine before he started up Sonic Scoop. Yeah, so like I felt like that the episode is great because it's a it's episodes about actions. I would call it the actionable episodes. Like you listen to it and you can take action right away and be like, yes, I can do this and change my life, you know? Because I'm going to try to weave into another episode. <laughs> because the episodes, like if you get so much text, you will get burned out very quickly. Which mm-hmm. led me to episode 701 uh, with um, Nat- Natalie Rachel. She is the behavioral economist. Uh, that I can relate to the episodes very, very well because I could be wrong, but I think I'm experiencing some sort of burnout as well. Not so much of like, hey, you know, I have a lot of work. I'm too busy and I get burned out. It's more of like, okay, I'm all alone here. I'm working for James and then sometimes you know, James got too busy. Sometimes he didn't get back in time for me. I'm like, ah, crap. Now I just have to wait. You know, of course, I'm doing something else when I wait, but like sometimes when something it's on a deadline, I'm like, ah, crap. It's the anxiety just eats me away. I was really interested to hear the clinical definition of burnout and have this differentiation between just being worn out and seeing key markers like pulling away from like your family, pulling away from work, the depression and the fatigue, and also just getting worse, a sloppier at your job, not being able to get it done. Have you experienced any of this? So all three oh, wow. of them. Really? Yeah. During the lockdown or? Yeah. I mean, yes, certainly. Um, you know, it probably happened around the same time that it happened to James. We we're, you know, doing five episodes a week and uh, adding on a bunch of other stuff. When you're freaked out about whether money is going to continue to come in, you're just like, I'm going to take everything I can possibly do. 
Yeah. And then the, like the overcommitment, I've fallen prey to overcommitment before and that mixed with like seasonal depression that or you know, the winter, the short hours yeah, and winter. Yeah. I started thinking about my personal well-being a lot after that. Uh, you know, I, I had listened to the Stephen Gundry episode a few episodes before. Started taking a thousand milligrams of time-release vitamin C and and a thousand, uh, ten thousand cc's of uh, vitamin D. And yeah, I'm glad that you're feeling better. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, like what? I'm. I'm in, I mean, I think I'm still at the burnout uh, phase because you know mainly because we're still pretty much locked down. It's not like ah yeah I can go out blah 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 and then I have like friends over blah blah blah. I just don't know what the future hold. In terms of like not future as in like my career future, it's more like my well being future, you know, yeah. how like how I will be like in five years from of the, uh, not even five years, maybe like two months from now, like how will I be? Will I be, still be the same person, or will I be more depressed, or will I be more happy? Yeah. Anxiety riddled. Yeah, and anxiety like the anxiety just creep up, and I think yes. a lot of people out there they experience this. You know, during the lockdown, and listen to the episodes really hit the home run for me too. Because like when Natalie mm-hmm. talk about her own stories, that's terrifying. Like imagine when you woke up blind. Jesus Christ, that's just stress for you. So like that, that sort of just like say that like how important taking a break is. You know, for for any of us, like not just sitting at home taking a break, as in like you take a you take a break and you go out. To different locations and do different things, you know. I think that, like, like Jay, like James said in the in the episodes, like that's also part of the reason why he just started playing chess so much. I realized I did the same thing too. Like, so I just started playing some games every night, two hours that game, you know, just to just to get myself out of that burnout situation, so like distract myself from doing work. Yeah, that episode really hit the room home run for me, and I felt like the episode is gonna hit a room home run for almost everyone out there. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and, and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The famous Abraham Lincoln quote says, good things come to those who wait. I wonder, did he really say that? Jay, did he really say that? Can you look that up? Regardless of who said it, that's only part of the quote. The full quote is, Good things come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. Well, 
If you're a business owner and want the best people on your team, the same applies. And listen, I've interviewed 1,500 people now and a lot of entrepreneurs. I can safely say the one thing consistent among all entrepreneurs and CEOs, the, the successful ones, is that it's all about the people you surround yourself. You, if you hire well, you're going to have a great business. And you know, thankfully, ZipRecruiter puts the hustle in your hiring. So you find qualified candidates fast. This is so important, and I, I want you to try it. You could try it as a potential employer or employee. You could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter's smart technology finds top talent for your roles right away. Immediately after you post your job, if you're hiring, ZipRecruiter's matching technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I will tell you that I signed up on ZipRecruiter as a potential employee. You know, I just wanted to see how it works. And right away, it started matching me with really amazing potential employers. So give it a try at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Let ZipRecruiter give you the hiring hustle you need. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash James to try it for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I always think about this. I always think everyone is destined to have a role. Maybe you were destined to be a CEO or maybe a C-suite person or maybe you were destined to be a worker to support other people or maybe you were destined to be a person to help other people to achieve great things. <laughs> because I really want to talk about episode 699, how to be the CEO with Jeff Imel. I think that the episode is great. He just talked about like his story of being a CEO or how to be a CEO. And Jeff Imel is such a great person. Like the first time I met him, it's the first time, you know, for the episodes, he came mm -hmm. on and I felt like he's my friend now. I feel like I can text him like, hey, do you, you want to get Chick-fil-A tomorrow or something? It's so good at <laughs> connecting with people. Yeah, a lot of the best leaders are the best communicators and just have that magnetism. One of the lessons that I take away from the episode, no matter what decision you make, you wouldn't know it's the best one until you make it. Because sometimes I would like spend an hour or two hours just trying to like make a decisions on like anything. Like because James keep asking like, if that time you did this, what will happen? Why do you do this? Or why why do you not do that? Or why you do that? And then he did say that, you know, James at the time, we didn't really know what's going to happen. So we just have to make those decisions then and hope mm -hmm. for the best. Resonate with me because like I always very indecisive. It was interesting to hear a leader's role being in charge of a conglomerate that is so disparate in its financial streams, having NBC and then adding on Universal to that and creating NBC Universal. And they sold both of those away to Comcast. He talked about their divestiture of, of their financial services company, G Financial, went over to like uh, Synchrony Bank, I believe, after that. Or like at the same time, they were, you know, manufacturing like 90% of the world's jet engines. It just didn't make sense at some points. These decisions impact thousands of workers' lives. Imagine you have thousands of lives on your fingertip, man. I can't be conscious of making any decisions like right there. Like I can task myself to make decisions for like thousands or possible tens of thousands of lives, you know? Yeah. It's a difficult position to think about from the first time you begin managing people. Yeah. I can't even make decisions for like three people. 
It's very difficult. At some point, like I'm like the 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 point of contact for like you know for for you, Pam, and Steve, and then you know before the lockdown, I'm like uh, I can make decisions for you guys. <laughs> I I will be the worst CEO ever. But I do like one thing that Jeff uh, Emel says. You know, you shouldn't need to ask other people for favor if you when you reach out to them. Like you should be able to reach out to other people. You should reach out to other people. Even just have nothing. Like you even just wasn't asking for anything. Like let's say, I know you like NFT. If I if you like NFT, I'll be like sending you you know links to this to, mm-hmm. to keep our relationship going. Not just like, hey Nathan, how are you? Actually, I need this from you. You know what I mean? Right. Scheduling time. You know, on Sundays, I'm going to email two people just saying hi, just saying, hey, I thought you'd be interested in this, not asking for anything. Because we all think, oh, that's a great idea, and then we don't do it. Setting aside time to keep up your relationships seems like the cheapest thing you can do to create, you know, a really good vibe for yourself and for somebody else. No, yeah, I felt like the episodes came out a year too late for me. (laughs) So I'm an introvert. During the lockdown, I became even more introvert. Like, I felt like I haven't talked to any of my friends for a year. Like, because I'm those type of person, if you don't reach out to me, I don't reach out to you. You know, I like to just be in my zone, reading, looking at memes, you know, playing games and working. I just wasn't the type of person like, oh, maybe I should reach out to Nathan and see how he is. You feel embarrassed, you know? Like, what if they are busy? What if they don't see you as friend anymore? What if they see you to being too needy? Do you think you'd actually get received that way? I don't think I. I don't think it, it's get received that way. I think it's all in our head. What if I tomorrow I just text you hi and nothing else, just hi. Let's find out. <laughs> okay, let's find out tomorrow. But yeah, so like that. That that's why I like the episode so much, and uh, you know, like just because I always want to find out if I'm the C type person, but I just realize I might not ever be the C type person. I just feel bad for making decisions to anyone for anyone, you know. Then you can just be you. I'm trying to be the J type person. Anything else that I I feel to cover? Anything else you think it's great for you? Like I mean, I'm just. You know, like I'm just talking about those episodes that really vibe with me. I was really interested by the retail investing masterclass that James had with Robin, where James talked about his experience being a day trader and being a hedge fund manager and being now an investor, comparing Robin's experience, who Robin's been a a very successful retail uh, investor, and hearing her picks and why they do things differently, um, why they invest in different companies and why their decisions make sense for each of them. I was very intrigued to learn about SPACs, special right. purpose acquisition companies, and how how those are blank check companies used to make a private company public, um, and how that's been, I think, happened a few hundred times in the last year, something like that. So, yeah. so learning about that, learning about REITs, real, real estate um, investment trusts, and then, and then thinking about how that goes to new markets. We're talking about um, Meat Tech, MITC, um, with the oh, Israeli yeah. 3D printing company that's that's uh, printing uh, their printed steak or sell the technology so you could print actual animal protein that is not in ground beef format. Um, and also talking about REITs in, in terms of, you know, as of, I think, yesterday, so we're recording this on the 26th. On the 25th, the news came out that um, that the New York 
legislature and, and Governor Cuomo had reached a deal on on the legalization of marijuana in New York State, and the yep. same thing is passing through in in New Jersey. So how these new markets? So like how there are, there are companies that are cannabis specific REITs that are investing in these things, and and just I'm like I'm so now I'm starting to watch the trends and see how see how the news is impacting these different types of companies. Do you do you buy any after the episodes? I put in a little bit of play money just so I can keep interest in it. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll buy just a few shares skin so I can in the game. Just yeah, the minimal skin in the game, so I can just, um, you know, like you go to a casino and you just say, "Here's how much money I have to to play with," and 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 then I'm out. That's what I'm doing right. with retail investing, um, just so yeah. I can learn more about it without having to worry about it impacting my financial outcome at this point. Yeah, never put more than one percent. Of your portfolio, that's what James always says. They will put more than one percent. Took that advice. Yeah, I me too. But the thing is, like the other advice that I took, it's also like invest in something you really believe in, and mm-hmm. you know, and and you really know it. So like, I haven't buy into any of this of those stocks. The only stocks that I'll share that I buy and it's like gaming stocks or or mm-hmm. crypto, like or, or something that I really know the industry well. Because I yeah, didn't have. I invest time in the s- publishing industry that I know, and the new the news and oh. publishing industry, digital. That's which is what I know well. Yeah, it's so weird because like I know like both of our like out there people are talking about oh the weed, oh the specs, or the you know the Beyond Meat or whatever, or the EV as Robin sure. put it, the EV electric vehicles. Yeah, so for me, I'm just like I know gaming way better. I know gaming hardware way better. So I'm just gonna buy this company. Put because all your money in Steam. Steam. <laughs> oh no, no. Steam is not a public company. I, I try to look for it. And I love Discord and Discord is not a public company either. Well, Discord is as as today's recording on on, on March twenty sixth is that Microsoft is gonna buy Discord for a <laughs> very, very, very large sum. Yeah, ten billion dollars. Yeah, like I always love Discord more than Slack, mainly because I'm a gamer. And I felt like so maybe you should be investing in Microsoft right now before before that deal goes through. The episodes, the retail investing masterclass episodes, actually great. You know, so I learned so much from the episodes too. I totally forgot. Uh, and then you know, I I look into all this stuff. I even like proposed to Robin, like, hey, you should have a newsletter. Don't say anything. The newsletter just literally, what stocks are you looking at, and then mm-hmm. say why in two sentences, and that's it. Because you don't have to spend yeah. too much time on the newsletter, and I was subscribed to it, and then I'm sure she's gonna get like tens of tens of thousands of subscribers. To be honest, wow, yeah, yeah, I believe it. Do you have anything else? It's all the time I've got before my next recording. All right, even even Nathan is too busy for me. That's see, that's well, why I'm burning out because you are too busy for me, Nathan. It's great see you on every month. It's like that one day every month. Where we get to look at each other's faces, but the audience doesn't. Thank you, Nathan. Later, buddy. 